BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's Jordan. Welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. Today, I'm here with Erica Welch. She is the co-founder of Wild Friends Nut Butter. You guys have probably seen Wild Friends all over Instagram, all over the internet. They have the most delicious flavors. They're all natural. They use organic ingredients whenever possible. And the really cool thing is that Erica started the company with her best friend, Keely, just a few years ago out of their dorm room at University of Oregon. So I just think that that's the coolest thing ever because they genuinely started this passion project based off of peanut butter and their mutual love for crunchy peanut butter and the fact that they didn't want to ride their bikes because that is so organ ride their bikes to the grocery store to get more crunchy peanut butter so they made their own and here we are with wild friends just let's see here how many years just six years later and I'm so impressed by everything that Erica and Keely are doing so I had to have Erica on the podcast because we've been chatting via Instagram for a long time she knows I'm a huge fan um I haven't had the chance to meet her in person yet, but next time she's here or next time I'm in Portland where she lives now, we are going to meet and I can't wait. And we also decided it would be really fun to do a giveaway of Wild Friends for you guys, everybody who listens to this episode. So if you want to enter the giveaway, no pressure. If you just want to listen, of course, but who doesn't want to do a fun giveaway? You can head over to my Instagram, The Balanced Blonde, and find the photo that I used to promote this podcast episode. I can't say yet what the photo is going to be because I am so off the cuff. I just throw things up, but you'll find it. It'll tag Erica. It'll tag Wild Friends and I'll make it pretty obvious that that is the place to enter. So just comment on that photo telling us why you want to try Wild Friends Nut Butters. They have amazing flavors like chocolate coconut almond butter, chocolate coconut peanut butter. They have these super flavors that have honey and cashews and it's just insanely good. So comment telling us why you want to try Wild Friends and follow Wild Friends on Instagram. Of course, wild underscore friends. And I'm going to choose one winner a week from the time that this episode comes out. So a week 
from now is next Wednesday. And I'll announce on Instagram. So go ahead and enter. And yeah, we can't wait to see what you guys say. Another thing I wanted to announce is that the Good Fest is coming to Los Angeles on February 3rd at Hudson Loft downtown. So I don't know if you saw a whole lot about the Good Fest in Philadelphia a couple months ago, but I had the privilege of teaching yoga. And I bet a lot of you listening were there. We had an amazing turnout and I got to lead a VIP blogging and breakout session. There were so many incredible speakers. Um, Rumor has it, or more than just rumor has it, this is a for sure, that Katie Horwich will be emceeing the Los Angeles event. And if you ever have the opportunity to hear her speak in person, it's just an amazing experience. She's so passionate. She's so fun on stage. I'm going to be teaching yoga at the Los Angeles Good Fest with my dear friend, Sophie Jaffe. And we are incredibly excited. You've probably heard Sophie on my podcast or from her own awesome social media presence. And what I'm really telling you right now is that if you're going to buy tickets for the Good Fest, you should use the code Soul on Fire for $15 off your ticket. So this is a pretty big discount. The Good Fest ladies were kind enough to gift this $15 off discount to the Soul on Fire audience because you guys are so fantastic and because so many of you came to the Good Fest in Philly, which was just humbling and exciting for all of us. So yes, the code Soul on Fire will be live for one week if you go to thegoodfest.com slash tickets. And if you're listening to this after one full week that it's out, then that code will no longer be available and you can use the code TBB10, which will be available for $10 off your ticket, basically until tickets sell out, which I'm thinking is going to be pretty soon. And I'm just really looking forward to it. There's other speakers being lined up, but some of them are my friends and I'm quite positive that they're going to be there. And it's just going to be a huge treat for you guys. So it's all about wellness. There's going to be healthy food. There's going to be movement and yoga and inspiration from bloggers in the wellness space. There will be brands, fabulous brands that we all know and love that will be at the event. And it's really just a cool way to meet like-minded people in this industry, in the wellness space. And you don't have to work in the wellness space to come. You just have to basically be interested in it and want to spend a whole day surrounded by good vibes, wellness, good people, and all of that good stuff. So code soul on fire at checkout at thegoodfest.com slash tickets to get $15 off. And we're really looking forward to hopefully meeting you. I still am just so blown away by getting to meet all of you at the last one, all of you who were there. It was just a fabulous event. I'm so proud of the women who organized the Good Fest, Kate and Jess and Jen and Sienna. You guys are really as I've told you, event planners extraordinaire. It's it's incredible. So just wanted to tell you guys about the code. Also wanted to tell you about the Wild Friends giveaway. And without further ado, I'm very excited to introduce Miss Erica Welsh. So 
So guys, I'm so excited. Today I'm here with Erica Welsh, the co-founder of Wild Friends, which a lot of you have probably heard of. You've probably eaten it before. And if you haven't, then I'm sure you've seen it on Instagram because they have delicious nut and seed butters that I'm completely obsessed with which if you follow my Instagram, you know, because I take them with me on vacation and put them in my smoothies every morning and have been lucky enough to connect with Erica via Instagram. So thank you, Instagram, for being such a connector for so many of us in the wellness community. So I was able to connect with Erica because I was posting wild friends like crazy and we started talking. And I started to think that she would be such an incredible podcast guest because, of course, she is an entrepreneur. She has had her own awesome wellness journey that, of course, led her to create a healthy nut and seed butter company that we all know and love. So I can't wait to hear your whole story, Erica. And if you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself to our Soul on Fire listeners and tell them where you are right now and kind of a little bit about who you are, and then we'll dive into some questions. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Arden. That was an amazing intro. I don't think anyone's anyone's ever given me that intro before. So that was was amazing. Um, Anyways, hi, everyone. My name is Erica. As Jordan mentioned, I'm the co-founder of Wild Friends. We have been busy growing our business for about six years now, which is really crazy. Keely and I started this company when we were uh, 18 and 19. So we were were teenagers. Uh, We started the company because we had a love of peanut butter, a love of, you know, eating healthfully, cooking for ourselves, we used to, you know, reference healthy cookbooks all the time in college. And one day we ran out of our, our beloved peanut butter and we, you know, we looked at each other. We're like, you know, we make so much of our other food and we love to follow recipes and love to cook and share it with our friends and family. And we ran out of, you know, our natural crunchy peanut butter. And we were like, what if we just made our own? And I remember Keely saying, you know, I just read this blog post about how to make peanut butter. And you know, six years ago, that was pretty revolutionary. I think now if you saw that on a blog, it would be a little more normal. But back then we were just so excited by that concept of making our own peanut butter, which, you know, was our favorite food. So we um, happened to have peanuts and a bunch of other ingredients in our pantry. And we happened to also have a food processor, which my mom gave it to me for Christmas a few months before. So we always joke that my mom is the reason this whole thing started. Um, so we whipped out the food processor, got out the bag of peanuts and oil and salt and a bunch of other ingredients. And we just started making our own peanut butter. You know, that was our intention in, front, in the afternoon. And we started giving it away to friends and family. And it really just took off like wildfire. We had no intention of turning it into a business. Uh, we thought it would just be a fun little side side project or hobby we would do in between classes because we were, we were full-time students and athletes. And, but it, you know, there was a whole different plan and that that was not um you know it was not going to be a side project for long and it wasn't for long so yeah oh that's a little gosh. bit about by my background and how we got started that's so cool so i was reading on your website that you guys started when you were at the university of oregon like you were just saying and then you started to pursue the company full time did you guys leave college to do that 
We did. So we have the the amazing title of being college dropouts. <laughs> so, I love it. I'm Keely, a dropout also, but I'm a grad yeah. school dropout. But I think dropouts are just, dropout, right? yeah, the best because we, pers- well, not the best. Okay. The people in school are awesome too, but it's okay to be a dropout because it means that you pursued something that you love. Totally. And that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we did. We, you know, we had no intention of going, you know, into school to study business. I was a Spanish and environmental studies major, double major, and Keely was uh, a journalism major. So, you know, we would, we'd honestly kind of laugh at the business school. We're like, what, what happens there? Like, what do you even do with a business degree besides go and sit in a cubicle and work for someone else? I mean, honestly, that was our very, very narrow-minded view of business, studying business. So when we started it, it was, it was, you know, again, it was just something that we started because we loved cooking. We loved sharing it with, you know, sharing our amazing creations with people. And that was, you know, making peanut butter was just an extension of that. So we did two years at the University of Oregon. And uh, the second year is when, you know, this whole thing got started. And so I remember we would, we took a lot of the same classes. We were pretty inseparable in college and uh, we would be sitting in class and I think it was an anthropology class. And we had put our, you know, our product up on, we made a little website and made a Facebook and we set up a shopping cart on our little website and we started getting these orders from people. And we were just so excited. And I remember we paid no attention to our professors for the rest of the year and we would be passing notes back and forth saying, okay, between this class and this class, we have to make three jars of peanut butter and then we have to deliver it to this address in Eugene. And we would meet people on campus. We would bike to people's apartments and houses. We would borrow Keeley's brother's car from his fraternity because he was also at school with us. And we would drive. We, we had No one would pay a delivery fee if they lived in a certain mile radius. So we would drive our peanut butters so many places. And it just quickly became, you know, it was very clear that this is something that we were, for whatever reason, we're so passionate about. And school was was falling, you know, a little to the wayside. And you know, it it just it once it got started, it was just one of those things that that you just can't stop. And I'm sure you're you have a lot of, you know, I'm sure you share a lot of the same feelings, Jordan. It's just like once you're passionate about something and it's just right there in front of you, you there's just not an option to let it go. Yes, I totally agree. I think that would probably be your soul on fire moment for you and Keely that you just knew, well, this is what sets my soul on fire. And clearly, this is what I'm focusing on while I'm in class. So maybe pursuing this instead of going to school is a good option. Yeah. And I never, I mean, I remember, I remember being, you know, in high school and thinking about going to college and I never knew what I wanted to do with my life. You know, I remember thinking, well, you know, I'm interested in Spanish. I would love to be fluent. So I might as well major in it. And I remember, you know, thinking, oh, I, you know, I love the environment and I want to care for it. I want to learn more about it. So I'll, you know, major in environmental studies, but neither of those things, you know, if you will, neither of them set my soul on fire. I was never, you know, waking up thinking about it or going to bed, dreaming about what I would do with these majors. I just, I really felt kind of lost in college and it was more of a social experiment or experience for me. Like I had great friends. I was on the uh, crew team at U of O. So I had a great community around club sports and, I just took so many random classes really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So, you know, it's kind of funny saying, you know, oh, peanut butter is what's, you know, what set my soul on fire. <laughs> I but get I think it. the whole, like, what, what kind of comes with that? Like the whole, um, you know, 
fueling your body with foods that make you feel good um, and sharing that with people. That That's really at the core of our business and that's how we got started. And so I think I'd been searching for something for so long that that really got me that excited, like that that I was waking up every day just excited to jump out of bed and and you know continue on this this with this little business that we had started and um yeah and we haven't you know we left school and that was a pretty nerve wracking decision for me. My mom's a teacher and I was like oh no what are my parents gonna say? But um, you know looking back I mean it was absolutely the best decision that we could have made because. Because, you know, school, school will always be there. And I, I definitely think, you know, there is a stigma to, you know, the school dropout title. But I think for me, that was, I, it was more of me just getting over that. Like once, you know, I realized like, if you leave school to pursue something you're just so passionate about, then, you know, then very few people are going to question that. And if they do, then you shouldn't even, you know, shouldn't even bother with them. <laughs> Yeah, I agree because there's always going to be judgment if you leave school or if you stay in school and don't pursue your business. There's always going to be judgment from someone. So you might as well follow your heart, be comfortable with your decision and just get used to it. Because like you said, school's always going to be there. So to drop out or to leave is not, it's not like it's a forever decision. You had a couple years under your belt. You could have always gone back, but this worked out for you, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and something I'm interested in before we talk more about the entrepreneurial stuff, which I'm so excited to hear from you too, is your own personal wellness journey. Because as you said, you were an athlete and you were living in Eugene, which I know from friends that went to U of O is such a beautiful outdoorsy campus. And you kind of have like the earth at your fingertips. You have those beautiful hikes and people bike everywhere. And to me, it's like such this idyllic scene for college. So of course, on the flip side of college is alcohol and parties and not such a wellness-minded lifestyle. So what was your wellness experience um, during that time and really before you started Wild Friends? Because I think having such a healthy company that's so rooted in natural ingredients and it started as being completely homemade by the two of you must have an interesting wellness journey to go along with it. Yeah. So I, I'll i start a little before college. I grew up uh, always having stomach issues. It's kind of what I called it. Just you know, a sensitive stomach. I would always get sick. You know, I'd say every month or so, I'd have some kind of... of issue, you know, and it would, I would eat something and that I would just feel sick for, you know, either hours afterwards or days afterwards. And I just always thought, you know, oh, I have a sensitive stomach. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, but I remember, you know, my senior year of high school and, you know, still feeling really sick after eating certain things. And that was well before I had done any research about, you know, the kind of uh, food connection, you know, like what you, it sounds so simple, but what you put in your body, it can either make you feel amazing or it can make you feel terrible. And that connection was just not there for me. Um, or really my family, you know, we were just kind of eating the standard American diet as a lot of families do. And, um, I remember having a moment, you know, before I went to school and I just felt so sick and I was like, you know, I really want to figure this out because I'm not going to be in the comfort of my parents' home for much longer. And, you know, when you're sick and you can go home and your parents are there and you can just feel very taken care of and very comforted. And I just remember being just 
feeling so sick and throwing up and, you know, being on the bathroom floor and my, my parents' bathroom being like, why is this happening to me? And so I remember seeing a couple doctors and well, seeing various doctors and I got tested for celiac. I didn't have that. Um, and I, they were asking me about dairy, if I eat dairy. And I said, yeah, I eat dairy pretty much every day. So they said, well, there's, you know, you're not allergic to it because I did do an allergy panel, but they said, you know, you might be intolerant to it. So really the only way you can do, you know, you can test for that is doing an elimination diet. So growing up eating, you know, sandwiches and cereal and milk and ice cream and cheese every single day of my life, that was very daunting to me. And I remember going, how am I going to go two weeks without eating any sort of dairy? Uh, But I did, I figured it out. And I remember just feeling so much better. I mean, really better than I ever felt. I wasn't throwing up. I didn't have you know, I wasn't getting bloated. Um, and I just felt so much better. So I remember going to college and thinking, Oh, okay, I figured this out. I got it handled. And then a couple months into my freshman year, I remember every afternoon, I would get this really bad stomach ache. It was kind of like clockwork. Like every day at 3pm, I would have to come home from my class and just lay in my in my bed in my dorm room. And at this time, Keely and I, we were roommates. So that's um, kind of, you know, we, our history started at a freshman year of college, you being roommates. And I remember just, you know, she would come home and I would just be on my bed, like, Oh, my stomach hurts so bad. And I have no idea why. So then I saw a nutritionist on campus at university of Oregon. And, um, I told her I wasn't eating dairy and she says, okay, well, I think you should take it a step further and eliminate gluten. And again, I had that same feeling of, Oh my gosh, my life is going to end. I can't eat sandwiches. I can't eat cereal. How am I going to feed myself? Um, so after I had a little pity party, I, you know, I cut it out. I, so I was at that time, not eating dairy, not eating gluten and almost overnight. I mean, it was been 24 hours. I had felt, I felt so much better. Um, so that those experiences really kind of woke me up to the idea that, okay, what I'm putting in my body is directly and pretty immediately affecting how I feel on a day-to-day basis. And, um, it wasn't only my stomach in high school, I was dealing with, you know, skin issues and I was always trying to figure out and what I could do. And I was, I was one of those girls that was just taking, you know, every kind of topical or every using every kind of topical and oral pill to try to to clear up my, um, you know, my skin issues and to figure out my stomach. And I realized that, you know, once I changed my diet, my skin changed, my stomach just felt so much better. So, um, I started working with a naturopath in Eugene and Eugene, there's plenty of those. um, And yeah, it's a very kind of, fun, loving, hippie culture, which I, I love and, and loved in college. And um, so I started working with her and just um, kind of coming up with an eating plan um, that worked for me. And really, for the first time in my life, I felt so just so good and so free, I guess, knowing that every day I wasn't going to get a stomach ache. And so that really, um, again, kind of moving out of my parents' house, doing kind of some self-exploration for myself and just kind of being an advocate for myself and really you know, not just, I had to change my diet by choice. So I started just doing a ton of research, um, you know, online and with different blogs and, uh, all, I got so many cookbooks, uh, with dairy free and gluten free. And, and so I'd always loved, you know, nut butters, but they had, they became even more of a part of my life at that time because I had to eliminate so many other things. So I really was on this journey of, um, kind of relearning how to properly fuel my body and properly treat my body um, after ignoring it for so long or just not being aware um, that there was a direct correlation. And as you mentioned, you know, in college, it's, it's kind of an interesting time to be doing that because I, it, there's just, there's so much, you know, partying going on, everyone's eating dorm food. And I, you know, 
I did a little bit of that and I would, you know, I'd always pay the price for it though. And I just felt like I was, you know, trying to to live that normal college life. But then I just felt like my body was just so sensitive to everything. It would just, you know, overly react to everything where I would see other people do those things and they see, were seemingly fine. So it was definitely a, you know, I remember feeling super frustrated. Um, but I think after six months of kind of adopting this new lifestyle and way of eating and feeling so much better, I was like, oh, this is just, this is so worth it. And I just became way, you know, really confident with my decisions and how I was kind of living my life, even though, even if it was pretty, you know, alternative to my friends around me. Um, and I really think that that's a huge part of, you know, why Wild Friends started. I mean, Keely, she didn't have to eliminate dairy and gluten, but because we were living together and we were such good friends, we would, um, cook all the time together. And like I said, we would host dinner parties and have all of our friends over. So that just really started becoming part of my world and my social life and how I connected with people. And I really think that that is at, at the root of our company. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think a lot of people listening can relate because so I know so many people who read my blog and listen to this podcast have had that experience of just the sensitive stomach that is so hard to trace back to anything. <laughs> I know I experienced it and also always came back negative for allergies and for celiac. And it was always very confusing because I was like, no, there's something wrong. <laughs> there's something wrong with this sensitive stomach. And once you learn what you have to eliminate, and then you realize really how good your body can feel without all of that excess crap, really, and processed foods, which I think is a huge part of the reason why gluten and dairy doesn't work for a lot of us is because it's so heavily processed. So that's amazing that that is kind of what led you to developing Wild Friends because you guys were already cooking together and creating stuff. And um, of course, nut butters are such a saving <laughs> grace for so many of us who can't eat other things. So and especially in college too, every, I mean, we always joke that it was a great place to start a peanut butter company because every college student has a jar of peanut butter in their pantry already and is, you know, it's such an easy and you know somewhat affordable way to to fuel yourself. So we we think that that was a a great a great time of our life to start a peanut butter company. Yeah, no, I'm thinking back to my freshman year. Any of my friends who I went to college with who are listening will remember that I was like the nut butter queen in my freshman <laughs> dorm because we would come back after a long night of being out, and everybody else would have like cup of noodles and grits and all that kind of stuff with like cheese in their dorms. And I would have nut butter and carrots or nut butter and um, apples. And people would come back to my room and we'd have this like middle of the night healthy snack. And we still like remember it fondly because it was always so exciting to come back and have that to eat. That's amazing, Jordan, that you said the carrots and peanut butter because Keely and I would literally do the same exact thing. We'd have, because you know, you can go to the little grocery shops on campus, but they never had like everything we wanted or the healthier options sometimes. So Keely and I would get celery and carrots and we'd have our natural crunchy peanut butter in our dorm room and people would come to our dorm and we'd be eating that. They're like, what are you eating? Like, why are you eating that with peanut butter? And we just, we just were like, you guys, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And now they do because look and what has exactly. happened. So I'm so interested about how really like the tipping point that led you guys to 
pursue Wild Friends as a full-blown company and not just a side project and a hobby. So at the time that you took that leap, that really exciting, big, risky leap was, um, well, A, did the company already have the name Wild Friends? So we have had a couple different names. So when we first started, we were actually called Flying Squirrel Peanut Butter. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so cute. And why do I feel like I knew that? Is that story like out there somewhere? Yeah, it's definitely out in in the interweb somewhere. There's a lot of, you know, I'm sure you feel like this too. There's a lot of articles that exist out there and you're like, oh, I did not even remember that that happened. (laughs) Yes, because I knew, Uh, I've heard that name before. I don't know how long you guys kept that name, but I like definitely knew about it. Yeah, not very long. um, But we, yeah, we used to have a very, you know, Keely drew our original squirrel and we had a very whimsical squirrel and it had wings and it was the whole body of the squirrel. And um, we, all of our flavors had names like our, our chocolate coconut peanut butter now, which is our bestseller. It used to be called Curious Coconut. So we were we were definitely going, you know, kind of the more whimsical, artsy vibe with our brand. And then uh, we shifted once we got into stores and once, you know, once we shifted from a farmer's market company, because that's where we did all of our initial selling um, the first summer when we were making our peanut butter. And we once we got into stores, we realized that, okay, having, you know, a clean, uh, very easy to understand label and brand is super important when you're in grocery stores. So we we did change our name and now we're now we're wild friends, which we love because it, it definitely plays on our story as being friends. And then we our tagline is made with friendly ingredients. So that you know to us that means using ingredients that are very recognizable, that are whole ingredients that you could pull out of your pantry um, and you know that you could potentially use every day. So friendly ingredients that, you know, make people feel good. Yeah. So Wild Friends was the second name. Um, so, it, well, we did actually... <laughs> we had another name. <laughs> I'm pulling yeah, it all out be, of you. Yeah, we used to be called Wild Squirrel Nut Butter. So that was our second name. And then this is our third name. I love it. Well, yeah, I yeah. think what you landed on... Well, I, I love the evolution. I love hearing about how a brand evolves because it's very rare, I think, that a lasting brand starts with the same name, the same ingredients, same everything. Things evolve over time as you learn. And you learned from being in the field, of course, not like kind of doing this on the side. You guys dove into it. So to learn what works with branding and big grocery stores, and now you guys are everywhere. I was looking at the um, list of grocery stores on your website where people can find you. And my mom was very excited that she found you at a local Sacramento grocery store called Bel Air, which I think this is only in Sacramento, right? Bel Air. Yeah, that is only that that grocery store is only there. <laughs> yes. Well, she was really thrilled because I came home and saw all this wild friends in my parents' pantry. And I was like, oh, did you order more online? Because I knew they did when we first got back from Bora Bora. And she's like, no, I found it in Bel Air. And she was so excited because not everything comes to Sacramento to our like random little grocery stores. That's awesome. No, and don't you guys, don't they have really good, they have some good co-ops there, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes. We have some co-ops downtown um, that I'm sure you guys are into. Yes, we're in some of those. And But yeah, I know what you mean. It doesn't always make it uh, north to Sacramento. It's like, you know, it's it's sometimes forgotten. But I'm glad that, you're, that your mom found us there. That's awesome. I love, I also, as a side note, I love that your mom 
like, and I don't know if your dad does as well. I'm sure he does, but I just heard you talk about your mom. I love that she loves our peanut butter. Maybe the almond butter she loves. Yeah, she loves she loves the chocolate almond butter. That's what's in the pantry right now. It's so good. And my dad loves it too. And I was eating it with a spoon yesterday. It's so uh, it's amazing. Good. <laughs> yes. So so when you left school and you guys were squirrel, not flying squirrel nut butter, were you just selling in farmers markets at that point? So we started, we've always been on a pretty fast track. So we started making our jars of peanut butter early February of 2011. And that spring and all of that summer, we sold at farmer's markets. So some on our campus in Eugene, Oregon, and then some in kind of our hometown, which is a suburb outside of Portland called Tualatin. So there was a little farmer's market that we would sell there. And that was a really great place for us to start. I have such fond memories of the farmer's markets because we you know, got to interact with all of these different people, hear so much feedback. And that was before we were in grocery stores. So we could make tweaks to our formulas, to our labels, to the names before we got into grocery stores. And you know, that doesn't mean that we had it all perfect once we once we got into stores, but we definitely um, it was kind of a low risk way to to test out your markets, if you will. So I anyone that is has a food company or you know a kind of a, a fledgling food company or an idea, um, I always recommend to start at farmers markets. I mean, it's great because they're pretty much everywhere now. If you live in near or you know in or near a big city, and it's a great platform to you know to to kind of put yourself out there with your product. So we did that the first summer, and then by our October of that same year, we were in grocery stores. So it was very quick for us. Again, I don't know why, but we always just, we just so strongly believed in what we were doing pretty much from the first day. Once And once we got that initial validation from all of our friends who just were over the moon about it and loved it and wanted to buy it, you know, we got into farmer's markets. And I remember thinking kind of, you know, very early on the farmer's market season already about the end of that season, because, you know, they don't usually last all year. So we would say, you know, well, what happens after the season's over? I mean, we want people to be able to find our products. We don't want to have to continue driving all over the city and, you know, shipping stuff to people from the post office every day. So let's pursue getting into grocery stores. So that was very quickly a dream of ours. And you, you asked kind of about the tipping. We decided to, you know, fully commit to our business. And I think that was, you know, during that summer realizing, okay, we want to get into stores. Like that is definitely that's a dream and we want to make that a reality. And then we also went on the show Shark Tank. So I'm not sure if you know about that or if other people, I'm sure other people have seen this on Shark Tank, but uh, we got on the show and I guess I'll back up. For those who don't know, it's a show on ABC and sharks are these entrepreneurs, are these self-made millionaires and um, they're the sharks. So you go into a boardroom and you present your idea to them. And the hope is that they'll give you an investment in exchange for equity in your company. So we went down in September of 2011 to LA and filmed that. And uh, we ended up making a deal with Barbara. She's Corcoran. She's the real estate mogul that's on there. And I think in that moment, realizing that she on camera, you know, if this episode was going to air, she was willing to take a chance on us. You know, we were 18 and 19. We knew nothing about business. Everything we knew and what we were saying to them was because Googled everything before we went to LA. And we were watching all the other episodes of Shark Tank trying to self-educate. But we were just so naive at that point. Um, but you know, she's I think she really did see something in us and she was willing, you know, to commit to that on air. And so for us, that was a huge vote of confidence. And we, you know, we said, okay, well, you know, let's 
I remember on the plane ride home, Keila and I having this conversation. I would love to be a fly on the wall, like, or the person next to us listening to this conversation. I'm sure it was so dramatic. But we, I remember looking at each other and being like, okay, we, we have to drop out of school. Like this, we need to do this because if Barbara's going to invest money in us and we're going to get into grocery stores, we just, we cannot be full-time college students. So those, you know, that was really a turning point for us. Um, and then from then on, we didn't go back to school. We didn't go back in the fall. And we kind of said goodbye to our college lives. And um, we continued to live in Eugene for a while, trying to run the business out of our college apartment and quickly realized that we were getting too distracted and our friends were coming over in between classes and we're like, this is not going to work. So we ended up leaving Eugene and kind of leaving our college lives behind that we knew and moved back in with our parents. Wow, that's amazing. And now you're in Portland. Yes, now we're not living with our parents anymore. And, <laughs> and is we... that where the headquarters of Wild Friends is? Yes, yes. The very official Wild Friends HQ is in Portland. And we love living in Portland. It's such a great... Um, it's a very entrepreneurial-friendly city, and it's a very foodie city. So we have a, a lot of great support here. And you know, it's great, too, when we travel and go to trade shows or um, you know, just talking to grocery buyers all around the country. Everyone loves... Portland or they, they know something about it. So it's fun to say that we're from Portland because it always it always strikes up a conversation. Yeah. Well, I kind of see it as the perfect city for your brand because it's when I think of Portland, I think of people who are into health, who understand the benefits of organic ingredients and very outdoorsy and all that good stuff that really aligns with what you're all about. Yeah, absolutely. It's here. I mean, we we started in Eugene, which is even, you know, I would say people are even more educated there about healthy living and healthy food. And um, and Portland is definitely a, a hub of that as well. And so it's interesting kind of when we started expanding outside of the Northwest and, you know, going into the middle of the country or even to the East Coast where it's, you know, it's not quite as progressive there with like health trends or, you know, what's, you know, kind of what's new and upcoming is in the health and wellness world. Um, and that was a little bit of a surprise to me just because I, you know, I hadn't traveled extensively around the country and, uh, and definitely not to talk to people about food by any means. So that was, uh, interesting, you know, five years ago when we started, I, it was, it was, we were very, you know, different, like people were like, wow, what are you putting in your peanut butter and how do we eat this? And, uh, you know, we definitely still have that today. We, we still get those questions, but it's amazing how much, um, kind of the health and wellness world, I guess, have expanded and how it's much more common knowledge than it even was five years ago, which is amazing for companies like us and so many other, you know, like-minded brands who are, you know, are trying to make better for you products that are going to be more expensive, but, you know, you're paying for a better product and better ingredients. So the trend, you know, or that, you know, the education and that is, you know, I think a lot of consumers are much more self-educated about that. And that is very... So that's that's really great for brands like ours. Yes, absolutely. So since you started kind of around uh, 2011, which I think I kind of see attribute that time to also the beginning of wellness blogs. And I know that there were wellness blogs before that and certainly many after that. But that's when I started reading wellness blogs. And I was in college too, which I think makes us the exact (laughs) same age. Because I did you start college in 2009? Yes, I did. We are the same age. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay, I love that. So I was finishing college. However, parts of me wish I would have just 
started my blog slash even had my blog at that time (laughs) and been doing that. But I started in 2013. So was working with wellness bloggers on your radar at that time? Because I know that's something that you guys do so much of now. Has that been newer or... Because I know that you just said that you found one of your original recipes on a wellness blog, which is so cool. I'm so glad you brought that up because blogs... I mean, yeah, like in 20, 2010 and 2011, that's when I read the first you know, kind of wellness health blog. And that blog, we give a shout out to Kath Eat. So that was the <gasps> very first blog. Yeah, okay. We have, so we have the same last perfect. name. I wish we were related, but we're not. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You to- I did not even make that connection. Yeah, I love um, her. So we found her blog and we just thought it was it, this, it was just crazy, but in a great way that she was posting what she was eating. She used to do this every single day. And if you read her, you'll know. But yes, every day she would post her breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three times a day, she'd post for so many years, which is very admirable that she stuck with it for so long. But we would just, we were fascinated by it. We were like, what is this whole blogging thing? And we were just immediately hooked. So I remember sitting, you know, in our dorm rooms and, you know, finding new blogs and saying like, oh, Kath recommended this. And we would go to, you know, we'd link to another blog from her page. But she was really the first blogger that we were, you know, diehard fans of. It was just also new to us, the idea of putting your health and wellness journey online for other people to read. And so we have a really a, a fun story with Kath too, because she, you know, she always talked about how much she loved peanut butter and nut butters. So we started reading her long before we started the company. But uh, I remember when we started it, Keely said, you know, she goes, you know, we should send some peanut butter to Kath. And this was way before, you know, the idea that you send product to influencers and, you know, you're paying for posts and paying for exposure and they're going to write this great, you know, great curated post for you. That, that was not what, what we were doing at all uh, or that intention, but that's, that is kind of what it turned into. I mean, she, we sent it to her just with a little note saying, Hey, Kath, we just, we, I think we did start, we called it a company. And again, this was weeks after we're like, we just started this company making flavored nut butters. We hope you love them. And we, I remember we were on spring break. Keely was with her family on a vacation. I was with my crew team. We used to do uh, spring training on this lake outside of Eugene. And Keely texted me and said, oh my gosh, log into our email. So we are go, she goes, log onto her email and look at Kath's blog post. So I immediately ran to my computer and opened it up. And I was just seeing this order after order after order, you know, at like 1201, 1202, 1203. And she had posted about us and she had taken all these great photos, really cute photos of our little jars. And mind you, these were in the beginning, we made our peanut butter and put it in eight ounce glass mason jars. They were not sealed. They had no nutrition facts. They had little black and white labels that were printed on our HP printer from our college our college apartment. Oh my God. I just imagine now if I got a package like that or if someone else did, I mean, I feel like, I mean, the standards are just so much higher now, but six years ago, I think it was a little more lax. And I think that was still somewhat new of companies reaching out to bloggers and, um, you know, kind of people that had online presences. So she was just so amazing. She posted about us and talked about our flavors and linked to our little website. And so, I mean, I think just in those first few weeks of our company, we know we saw how influential that these certain people could be sharing their lives, just like you, sharing their lives online and that have great followings and that really they build a great rapport with their readers and um, just like you have and build a lot of trust with people. And we saw the power of that. So that we did that so early on and we just 
were, you know, kind of blown away by the response from that. I mean, we got hundreds of orders from her one post, mind you. And um, it was just, we were like, okay, we have to keep doing this. So ever since then, we've, we love, that's our, I mean, that's, that's our favorite way of marketing. I mean, it feels very natural and genuine to us because we just really want people to try and love our products. So we want to, um, you know, find people that like Kath, like that have kind of a love for natural foods or nut butter. And, um, that would be, we think, we think would be excited to receive a package from us. So we've, we've done that from the beginning. And, uh, that's, I mean, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Oh my God. I love, I love that. And it's true that six years ago, bloggers were not really receiving that many gifts. Um, I mean, it just, it was so different, like gifted product. I mean, I'm sure people like Kath were, she was like the OG food blogger. And I remember that she would share, she would share every single meal. And of course my internet is like so, so bad here, like I was telling you, but I'm trying to pull up her blog just to see how it's evolved because I wish that I was still reading blogs as often as I used to. I still do, but I used to read blogs like all day, every day. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm trying to look and see if she's still blogging like daily. And it looks like she is. I just pulled it up on my phone. So everybody listening should check her out. She was one of the first ones I ever read too. Yes. Everyone go check her out and send her some love because she's just, I mean, really, I just have such a soft place for her in my heart because she, again, just took these little jars from complete strangers and put them on her, you know, on her platform and shared them with everyone and told everyone to go order them. So yeah, I mean, she was totally one of the the OG bloggers. And now, so her, her blogging kind of evolved. Like she had a son and she went out, you know, obviously when you are a mom posting three times every day is, I can't even imagine doing that. So she got a little bit away from that. But now, I mean, she still posts so consistently. And yeah, so I I love Kath. <laughs> yeah, I think blogs have also just evolved a lot. Like people aren't really doing the three times a day thing anymore. Because I remember even when I started in 2013, people were, there were people who were posting three meals a day, iPhone photos. I got into that for a while. <laughs> and wow, I mean, is that a full-time job? But it was very fun and you really, really get to know someone. So that was really, really cool of her to do that. And I think to this day, people do that. I mean, I do that with you guys and a lot of other people do it because when you genuinely love a product and when you feel connected to the founders that send it to you, I think it's just so natural to want to share. Like that's why we blog because we want to share what we love. So I know I, I, it's awesome. I, I love it. I, I always, every time you post, I'm always so excited. I mean, it never gets, it never gets old when I see other people, you know, posting about us and, and just talking about how much they love it or how they're eating it and sharing it with their friends and family. I mean, uh, I, I just, I can't get enough of that. So anytime someone does that, you know, ever people think, doesn't that get old? Like, don't you get tired of seeing? It? I'm like, no, I don't. And that's why I still run our Instagram. I do all of our social media and a lot of, I'm, you know, I'm my passion in the business or one of them is, you know, having that direct interaction with with kind of our with our end user, if you will. So who you know, like people like you, like who's enjoying it, and how can we make that experience better for those people? Yeah, well, I think that's really important, and I see that with a lot of um, small companies and organic brands, people who have started, uh, especially young people like you and Keely, who really understand the online community and the social media world and how that correlates to what you're doing. 
And there's this line on your website, which I love, which says, we do more with less by hiring team members who aren't afraid to wear multiple hats or to roll up their sleeves and get to work. And it kind of just talks about how you still have this really small team. And clearly you as a co-founder and Keely as a co-founder are still just like super involved in the day-to-day trenches, which I think is really, really important. So for people who are starting a business, looking to start a business, what would be your tips on like hiring a team and then growing a team? Because that is like foreign landscape to so many people. Yeah. And that is not something we did until really about a year and a half ago. So for about almost four years, it was Keely, myself and her dad. So her dad actually left his biz or left his job when we, you know, the first, I would say that after the first maybe four or five months of when we made peanut butter and selling at a farmer's markets, he left his job and started working with us. So it was the three of us for almost four years, which we've talked to so many other, you know, small businesses and people, whenever we said that people just thought we were absolutely insane. They're like, it's three of you guys doing everything. And you're in, you know, 8,000 grocery stores at the time. And whoa. So for us, it was really that just that that was what felt right to us. I mean, we were just so, you know, we had a we had a vision, we had goals, and we felt like the three of us could do it all. And we did accomplish a lot. And then in the past, you know, year and a half, we kind of got to a point where like, okay, we definitely need to hire people. There are, you know, operational things that we need help with. Um, we need help, you know, in with sales and just we need more people to be, you know, doing all these things that we need to do. So that has been one of the most challenging but also rewarding things of of owning a business is is growing a team and we have a really amazing team of 8 right now and it's you know we've been very very intentional and i guess selective with people that we've hired because you know we're not we're not you know going to just hire a bunch of people to help us get to the end point i mean that's not really our strategy i mean we you know we do move fast as a company and there's a lot of things that we want to do quickly but we want to do all of those things in a way that makes sense for you know our company and our and that, that kind of aligns with our mission and in our values. So, you know, finding really good people to help us that has been it's been amazing. It's been as I said, it's so rewarding to have um, people around, like surrounding ourselves with people that are totally aligned with our vision and can even do a better job than we would do. I mean, I love that. I mean, we we just hired a new marketing director, and I already love her to pieces. She has been such a huge help. And it's she's helping me kind of make my visions come to life. And that is that's such a good feeling because I love that we get to, you know, employ people, like give people a, a great place to work. Um, we, we really value our company culture and we're really aware of that and and kind of the environment that we create for our employees. And, you know, then in exchange they have a, a great place to work and they can contribute to to growing um, a startup brand. So it's it's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. I think that's always so interesting to me is how people start to add to their team when a company starts so small, when you start just with your best friend and then your best friend's dad. How do you add on to that? But then like you said, you absolutely have to in order to grow, which enables you then to focus on what you love the most and what your strengths are. So what would you say, like, what do you focus on on the day to day? So as I mentioned, I mean, I'm very focused on how our product is being 
you know, enjoyed by people. And that means that could, or how our product is being found. I am involved in, you know, some aspects of sales, but I really kind of live in them in marketing land. So everything from digital marketing to uh, field marketing doing events, doing trade shows, as I mentioned, all the social media, I do a lot of our customer service. I also am very passionate about, again, about our product. So I'm kind of leader R&D. And for us, that has we have a lot of different products at this point and, you know, look different flavors and almond butter, sunflower butter, peanut butter. Uh, we have seasonal flavors and protein enhanced and we've done special flavors for Costco. And so we're, we're always, always evolving in kind of in our, just in that kind of our nut butter in the nut butter space. Um, and I know it sounds weird to say so that. I love and, that and there's gross. a nut butter space. <laughs> And I know I've said I said that to my sister one time. She goes, "That is the weirdest phrase." I'm like, "It's just it's part of the grocery vocabulary." I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, actually, that makes a lot of sense that it is. Yeah, um, and you know, and and now we're thinking kind of beyond beyond peanut butter in a jar, which is very exciting. So we're hoping, um, you know, hoping next year to kind of to do something beyond just kind of what we have done for the past six years. So. I'm very focused on that as well. So um, kind of our, our pipeline, it's like, okay, what are we, what are we going to launch next? And how is that going to fit into our current products and, and really making that a cohesive strategy? So, um, you know, every, yeah, again, to kind of recap that, just everything involved around marketing our current products and thinking, you know, about our, about our future and where Wild Friends goes, you know, that in, in one year and three years and five years um, and, you know, really making, making sure that we always stick to our, you know, our core values and that we're putting out a really solid product. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Clearly that's what you're really good at because every time I tag wild friends on social media or send you guys a message, I know that it's you who's getting back to me, which is so cool (laughs) because with a growing company that's doing so well, it's kind of rare to find, not rare, but it's special to find founders and co-founders who are so heavily involved in that kind of stuff, customer service, talking to people who are using the product. Yeah. I always think of it as, you know, like, what would I want if I were the consumer? And, you know, I, I mean, I am a consumer for a lot of, for a lot of other brands. I'm always watching what other brands are doing and, and observing what I like, what I don't like, and what's, Something that's so important to Keely and I is to always feel like Wild Friends has a face. Like there's people behind the brand. Like it's not just a, a faceless, nameless brand that you have no connection to. That's, you know, that is never something we want to be. And so when people, you know, like you, like you go, you open your pantry and you see Wild Friends or you see us on Instagram or you see us at an event or, you know, in some sort of article in whether it's online or in a magazine, I always want people to think of Keely and I, you know, to think of, two best friends starting a company because they couldn't not because they were just so excited about and so passionate about sharing their idea and what they created with everyone. So that's something that we really try to emulate, you know, in all of our all of our branding, all of our messaging. um, And just that it's fun, like it's a that it's a fun, engaging brand and people are excited to eat it and tell everyone about it. That's something that we we really strive to do. Yeah. Well, that is what you guys do. And it's actually interesting that you say that because I love that you have your faces on the jars. I think that that's so cool (laughs) because people do know what you look like and that literally gives a face to the brand. And I have um, 
a couple of my really good friends in LA started a healthy hydration supplement company called Liquid IV. And I had Brandon. Yeah, Brandon, the co-founder. He was on my first episode of the podcast. And I, for a while, was kind of their stand-in social media person when the team was especially small. And it still is. They have like eight people like you guys. But um, I was like the social media expert of Liquid IV and was kind of just, I mean, expert quote unquote. I was trying to put my blogging learnings onto their company and see what we could do to make it really personal. And that was my huge thing was I really want Brandon and Hayden's faces on the box, the Liquid IV box and the Liquid IV bag, because it just... And I think that was inspired by you guys because I had seen that. And it gives such a personalized touch, especially when it is fun, like you said, because your friends and you're young and there's this really cool, inspiring story behind how it all came to be. I think that's like what the company is. And that's what I always tell Brandon and Hayden is that Liquid IV is them. And that's what makes it so special. Uh, Aside from it tasting good and being really good for you and hydrating and healthy, it's them. And Wild Friends is, is you. So I think people get excited because like at events, they have the opportunity to meet you. And at places like um, Expo West, which we know I did not go to this year because I get way too overwhelmed. But for people who did go, like they got to meet you. And how cool is that? Yes. And that, that again, when I get to see people that I'm sure you feel like this too, that you have interacted with or connected with via social media or via email or even, you know, even via Skype or phone, it's just so amazing when you finally get to put a face to a name and, you know, give them a hug and just, they're just so, I mean, people, I guess with, with our products are just so excited about our products. And that just gives me so much, I guess, just it re-energizes me. So every time I get to have those face-to-face connections and I'm, I know, again, I'm, I'm sure you feel the same. It, it really just kind of validates what we're doing and, and even, you know, motivates us to do better and to be better and to continue on. And, um, cause even though, you know, Jordan, you and I, we do very different things. It's still, you know, work behind a computer a lot of the time, or you're, you know, on the phone or just a kind of alone working away and plugging away and putting the you know, these things out into the world and hoping people are going to love them. And so when you get to do events and see people, like you said, at Expo West, that was just, that was just so fun. We had about 50 people come to our, our little meetup and it was just, it was amazing to see how, you know, just our simple little idea of starting a peanut butter company, how it it turns, it's turned into so much more than that. It's a, it's almost like a community of, of very, you know, like, like like-minded people that just, that love good food and want to tell everyone about it. And they've just, it's amazing the bonds that people have formed over something as simple as that. Yeah, I think it's amazing too. It's so incredible how social media really can bring so many of us together who love the same things, whether it be nut butter or wellness or (laughs) all of it kind of wrapped up into one. Um, Something else I want to ask you while we still have a few minutes, because I'm so fascinated by this, people who work with their best friends. I just kind of want to know, I mean, clearly it's gone really well for you and Keely and you have developed your roles and you've found where you fit. So what are your tips for people who are looking to work with friends? Because I think we've all always heard that age old saying like, don't work with your best friends, which is clearly really outdated. And I love working with friends. I've had good experiences and I've had 
um, bad experiences. So I think you learn, but what are your, what are your personal tips? Because you guys are the masters. Yes. So I, I love just like you, I love the fact that I get to work with Keely and my best, who is my best friend. And I feel like you don't, you kind of can sidestep the part of getting to know each other and who are you and what do you, you know, what do you like to do? Like that bond is just immediately there. And the fact that we were roommates are kind of solidified that even more. So, you know, once we launched into running our business, that was just, that wasn't even a topic of conversation. It was like, oh, we're already best friends. We know everything about each other. And now we're going to dive into this business and spend even more time with each other and time just figuring out everything and problem solving and troubleshooting. So I think that's the, the best part about working with your best friend or a friend is just because you do have that personal connection that I think is, is so important when you're running a small business and you know trying to achieve a lot with a little. So as far as tips go, I think just you know when you're thinking about entering a business or starting a business with someone, I think it's you really just need it sounds simple just need to make sure that your visions and goals are aligned. I mean from from day one, you know, I guess you could say we were lucky that we never really Kayla and I didn't necessarily have to have like a straight up conversation like okay, are we do we agree about what we want to do? It was just we would just kind of talk at the same time and it was always we would come out with the same answer. So we just had the same vision and we were always aligned with what our business was going to become. So I think that when you do, if you are going to start a business with a friend or you're trying to figure out who's the best person to start this with, just having that conversation, having a, and you know, things will evolve and things will change, of course. But I think just making sure that you guys are on the same path. So like for us, I'll just give an example. Say, I wanted to just remain selling product at farmer's markets and wanted to be a very hyper local natural foods brand only in Eugene. And Keely wanted to get out of Eugene immediately. And if we hadn't talked, if that's actually what had happened and we hadn't talked about it, you know, that would not have worked out. So, I mean, we, we had very aligned visions and we wanted to be very big from the day one. Like we wanted everyone to try our products. So I just thinking, I think having those conversations and making sure that you know, that you're on the same path because you're going to spend so much time with this person and so much energy pouring, you know, you're going to pour everything into your business that you need to make sure you're working towards a common goal. And also, I think, I, I mean, I think you will attest to this. I don't, you don't have to have a, a best friend to start a business. I think a lot of people are kind of search for someone too. And I think that if you're super passionate about something, you, I think you can start it alone. And then maybe later on, you can find someone to help you. Um, but I think it's just so different for everyone. There's not a perfect, which is the good and bad thing about running or starting a business. There's no perfect formula. There's no right or wrong way to do it. You just have to kind of do, you know, what works best for you. And I know that sounds super cliche, but it's really true. I mean, you just, you can observe what other people do, but ultimately, you know, you're your own person and, and you just have to figure out what works best for you. Yeah. It, it may sound cliche, but it is the true answer. It's just, it's so, it's so different for everybody. And I think when you're lucky enough to have a friend or a best friend who has a similar vision, then why not dive into it like you guys did? But yeah, as you said, I think a lot of things start with just one person's idea. And then maybe once they start it, they're able to bring their friends on or bring their friends into it to give them their expertise. So yeah, I mean, that's really cool. And you guys seem like everything has worked out and brought brought you even closer to have this baby together really is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. We always joke about that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we always joke about that. 
we're like, is that is that weird? Should we not say that? But it's like it, that's what it feels like. It feels like we all of the all of our flavors are our little babies. <laughs> like you said, we this business has only brought us closer, and it's uh, I I realize that that is it's pretty rare. I mean, I've I've talked to so many other people and heard so many other kind of horror stories about friendships ending and uh, because of just misaligned visions or, you know, opinions. And I feel so lucky every day that that has not happened to Keely and I. And I just, I just know that that, I mean, we just know we have confidence that that never will happen. I mean, neither of us are passive aggressive people. I mean, if we have an issue as, you know, as any business partners would, like we talk about it immediately and then we move on. Like that's just kind of our strategy. And that's how we've been able to, you know, get through the last six years. Yeah. We're, we've just become even closer. And I, I love, you know, that we have grown this company together. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And I think when you know that your personality meshes with someone, there's nothing to be afraid of. And yeah, I well, I've done most most things on my own, obviously, because of the balance blonde being just a one person blog. But I have definitely had ventures with other people. And when I had my clothing line, which I don't have anymore, but we did for three years, the balance blonde apparel, I started it with one of my best friends from college. And his name is Tynan and he's amazing. And we worked so well together. And people always asked, how is that? And so I'm sure you guys get that question all the time. But the thing about Tynan and I were that we were so similar in the way that we created things. We were both very creative, very working from that side of the brain all the time. And the logistics is what we needed help with. So we would <laughs> hit these roadblocks of creating, 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 but there's this whole other side of a business that neither of us really wanted to focus on. And of course we did and we learned about it and all of that. But ultimately um, for us, if we were to have continued to pursue the fashion industry, which we really didn't want to, so we stopped, it would have been, we would have needed to bring somebody else on. So I think it's also really cool and such a testament to the two of you that you have separate strengths and can focus on separate things so that the two of you can be the crux of the company and move it forward without just kind of being so similar that you just do the same thing as each other all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. We have very, very different strengths and and weaknesses. So it really, we complement each other very well. So if you want to add that on to what do you, you know, when you're thinking of starting with a business or, you know, starting a business with someone, I think that's definitely something to consider as well. Kind of figuring out, you know, making sure that you are compatible and get along, but that you have very different skills to bring to the table. So, you know, so you don't get in a situation where neither of you are super passionate about something that has to be done or neither of you, you know, are capable of it. So, yes. Yeah, Keely and I are lucky in that way. We have super, we're very, you know, we're very compatible, like personalities wise, but we are very, very different. Um, and in our business, that's that's worked out just, just wonderfully. Yeah. Well, I love that, and I am so excited for the opportunity to meet both of you at some point. I need to come to I Portland know. soon, and we can do a Wild Friends Balanced Blonde event. I think that would be so fun. I, Jordan, I feel like. I feel like I have met you. Like I know that that's kind of, you know, that's the thing about social media, but it's just so funny when I realize I'm like, oh yeah, I actually have not had a conversation with her in person. <laughs> I know. How weird is that? Because I feel the same way. But I I think when people share themselves really like how they are authentically via social media, that's just how it is. Because we talk to the camera. It's really, we're talking to the person on the other side. So I know. 
That's awesome. Well, yes, come to Portland soon and we can do something fun. Yes. So before we go, because I don't want to hold you up for too much longer, but I do want to ask you, so I pretty much ask everybody this who comes on the podcast, usually at the beginning, but we had so much to dive into that we skipped it. But what, if you were a color, what color would you be? Oh, I would be green. I love, I love all shades of green. Love it. Does that like make you feel like, does it make you think of nature or is it just a color that you absolutely love? I, yeah, I think nature, I think to me, it's very just, it's very like appealing to my eyes, I guess. Like I always just kind of latch on to green colors and yeah, I think it is. It's just, I mean, living in Oregon and growing up in Oregon, I've just been surrounded by green like my whole life. So I think that's, that's a huge part of it. And then I also just like wearing the color green. I, I, my eyes are kind of hazily. And so I feel like when I wear green, it kind of makes them even, I don't know, it just makes them more green. And so I really love, I love wearing it. And I love, you know, I feel like a lot of things I own, I just, they're all different shades of green. (laughs) Yeah. I love green too. When I was in first grade was when lime green became my favorite color and it has been (laughs) ever since. Oh my gosh. I, I was right there with you and I painted my bedroom walls lime green and I regretted it like two years later. (laughs) Oh my God. I wish my parents would have let me do that because that has been my favorite color forever. But um, also, I don't know if you know this, but green corresponds to the heart chakra color, which symbolizes like all this awesome stuff like harmony and health and creativity and abundance and nature. So it could really be that you have this just like really open heart, which makes you gravitate toward green. Well, I will believe that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I know. I love it too. So thank you so much for being here. This has been such a fun conversation. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. And I oh, know. Yeah, it's been so fun. I think we should do some sort of fun Wild Friends giveaway if you're up to it for people who have listened to this whole episode. Absolutely. I would love to do that. How do you want to do it? We can have people follow Wild Friends on Instagram, which is wild underscore friends. And follow, of course, The Balance Blonde on Instagram and comment on... Because I'll be posting an Instagram photo when this goes live to announce this podcast. So why don't everybody listening find that photo on my Instagram follow Wild Friends and then comment on that photo telling us what you loved about this episode or what inspired you, why you would love to try Wild Friends. And we will pick a couple winners, um, Erica and myself, and we'll, she, she will send you some jars. <laughs> that sounds amazing, Jordan. I'm excited for everyone to listen to this episode and hopefully enter the giveaway and for some more people to try Wild Friends. Yeah, exactly. We can go back to your roots of when Calf Eats posted about you guys and yes. <laughs> see how this goes. It's that's just so cool to me. I love I love that. And I love I love all the OG bloggers who would share their three meals a day. It makes me nostalgic for that type of blogging world. They were just so ahead of the curve. I know they were. Well, thank you again for being here. We will talk soon and um Yeah, have an amazing day. Thanks, Jordan. This was super fun.